the all-electric Kia EV9, Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yes, a very good afternoon. 41 degrees today in Perth, 41 degrees in Perth tomorrow and certainly warmer in other parts, the eastern suburbs of the Perth metropolitan area. And we know it's absolutely stifling in the north of our state and even warm uh, in the southwest as well. Wherever you may be listening, thanks for joining us on the program. Uh, Peter Vlahos with you until six. Coming up, we'll speak to a man that played over 100 test matches for Australia, ODIs, and was an outstanding wicketkeeper batsman. Ian Hill is going to chat to us ahead of the Allen Border medal night tonight. So we'll speak to Heels in just a tick. And as well as that, we'll speak to Ben Graham, ahead of the NFL Super Bowl. He'll be going to Las Vegas and he'll be broadcasting the game with Jared Healy. So we'll speak to Ben Graham, the former NFL punter. And a man that captained the John Footy Club in the AFL for three seasons, played over 200 games for the Cats. We'll have a chat to him a bit later on in the show. Just quickly, uh, looking at what's going to be happening tonight, the Allen Border Medal, and uh, we'll be bringing you the awards as they drop over the next hour. Mitch Marsh is one of the favourites to win the medal this time around, thanks to his performances across all three formats. Pat Cummins, Travis Head are also in the running. Uh, Adam Gilchrist, actually, this morning on the Scotty and Goss Breakfast Show, thinks that uh, Travis Head is a genuine smoky with the left-hander having pretty huge games in the test, T20 and ODI cricket, including a, a couple of ICC event finals, even though uh, his end to the test series against the West Indies wasn't uh, very good. Of course, getting that king pair in the second test against the Windies at the Gabba. And we've got also the Belinda Clark medal tonight. Elise Perry, already a three-time winner, cannot be dismissed. Ash Gardner certainly is one of the favourites among a stacked list of genuine contenders. If you'd like to join us on the program, it is the Temper at Bedshed text machine at number 0487 736 736. Or you can give us a call, 1312 55. Elijah Hewitt, as you heard in Jimmy's update in the run home, has got a hot spot on his foot. A lot of people commented regarding the uh, remarks made by certain people in the media about West Coast Eagles' chances during the course of 2024 and whether they can elevate themselves up the AFL ladder after finishing Wooden Spooners in 2023 with only two wins. Well, they haven't got huge depth and they can't afford to lose the likes, as they had already, of Liam Ryan, who missed the opening rounds of the AFL season, even though I reckon Tyler Brockman will probably fill the void quite nicely. Uh, Campbell Chesser still is struggling to get 100% fit, uh, seems to just cop injury after injury, and now we've got Elijah Hewitt, who's got that hot spot on the foot, so we'll have to wait and see just how serious that is. But I'm just testing and... Wondering what the depth is going to be like for the West Coast Eagles because even early indications are suggesting they may need uh, a few players as well. All right. Uh, the other thing that I came across today, and this is the EPL, or certainly British football, there was a poll done in the UK 
of the biggest derbies in British football. And I'll just give you, we'll go from 10 to 1. Number 10 was Sheffield United against Sheffield Wednesday. That's the Steel City Derby. Number 9 is Hearts versus Hibernian, which is the Edinburgh Derby in Scotland. Number 8, we've got Millwall versus West Ham United. It's called the Dockers Derby, okay, in the east of London. Can you name me the other seven? Seven through to one. See how we go. And if you can name them correctly, in fact, tell me if you can name the top three. If you name the top three, then I'll give you a $50 voucher to the Ishka restaurant here in Perth at 500 Beaufort Street in Mount Lawley. Sebi and the team will look after you. See if you can name the top three when it comes to the biggest derbies in British football. In the meantime, thanks to the all-electric Kia EV9, Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, of course, as we heard, major partner of the Australian Open. Let's talk cricket and let's talk with Ian Healy, who joins us on the program. Eel, thanks for your time. Yeah, it is fine by a isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, thanks very much. You too. And how's the breakfast show going on SENQ? Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's all right. I'll, I'll let the listeners be the judge. <laughs> but uh, we're getting the show done each morning. So, yeah, we, we went back last week. I think you just started this week, haven't That's you? That's right. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's all go, go, go again. Did you get to the Gabba to see the second test between Australia and the West Indies? And honestly, Ian, a man that is a very proud Australian, uh, honours the baggy green, played 119 test matches. Was there a bit of you that was actually barracking for the West Indies a few days ago? Oh, not really. I was there every day. I was in a working capacity with SEN. Um, but, uh, no, I, I was happy for Shamar Joseph. I, I was, I'm always happy for any good effort. You know, you can see someone really putting in for a couple of hours and whether they get the, you know, the results uh, is another thing. But I sort of certainly appreciate those sorts of efforts. Uh, his is pretty remarkable that the doctor made him come to the ground. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, 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 and one he stage he said, because he said he wasn't, uh, had intentions of going to the ground. Yeah, like they mustn't talk to him through the night. Like we, once they knew, once if if that was me, once I knew that's not broken, I, I'm treating that all through the night to to be uh, whatever chance I can be to be on the deck at two o'clock the next afternoon when when it was time to play. So, but no, no, he was still in bed in pain. No one had talked to him until the doctor rang him at eleven said, no, no, there's good reason why he should come down to the ground. I don't know what he meant about that, mm. whether he felt that the doctor had some treatment for him. Uh, he didn't seem to know what the doctor did with for him, did he? Like, he didn't talk about a needle no. or he didn't t- talk about exactly what was done. But, you know, he, he found out that he was able to sort of run on it better than he can walk on it. And off he went. He skittled the Aussies. So I, I like that effort. I, I certainly... You know, I felt for the Aussies losing, but um, they certainly contributed to their downfall. They certainly did. And saying that, when you look at the Aussie summer, you know, Pakistan, who are very poor in the field, they dropped some important chances, would have challenged the Aussies. And and here we are, the West Indies winning the second test of a two-test series up in Brisbane. How did you view the Australian test summer overall with the four tests? Uh, I think uh, quite... Uh, down, 
like uh, I'd say I'd say tired. Um, they they probably were fighting complacency. As soon as you mention complacency, I, I someone says let's not be complacent. You, you are complacent. So I think that, you know the dominance that uh, we expected would be prevalent through the summer. Uh, I think they probably did as well, right to the very end. And uh, that, that's just fatigue and tiredness without knowing that you're tired that their energy levels would have been nowhere near where they were in the world the world one day cup for example um you know we take for granted how much energy goes go into good performances because they just feel natural um but when you're down a little bit it's very very difficult so i i'm putting it down to tiredness um sort of whatever that's called a bit of lethargy and what about the much talked about Batting lineup for Australia. Steve Smith made 91 not out, carried his bat through the innings. The last time I remember that, I think it was Bill Laurie back in the black and white days. Uh, made 60, I think, uh, carrying his bat uh, through the innings, uh, Bill Laurie. But your thoughts on the batting lineup with Cam Green coming in at number four? Very much work in progress. Your thoughts? Yeah, um, no, work in progress is finished for mine. He's got to get going, and he did in that second innings. He was looking fantastic by the end. You know, he's got a story to tell how bad the night before was. Uh, when, when he's a when he's a well performed Test cricketer, he'll be able to look back and go, "My goodness, I made it hard for myself there." Um, you know, technically, I'm not sure he's got a great. I'm not sure he's got a great grasp of the basics and, and how to keep it really simple to Shetty. He wasn't watching the ball in the in the first half of his innings, and and when he when he does, he just makes it look so good. So so I think he's got to really find out what basics work for him, which he should have by now. But let's let's hope he has and he can get straight to them. Uh, I think I think he'll be fine. Um, and then Mitch Marsh and Travis Head just need to be careful um, and to keep their form roles uh, going. Um, Steve Smith was excellent. He, he worked his batting out with some high energy practice in the week leading up. You know, you know, they talk about him being such a good problem solver. You know, well, that's getting that's what you just do. You've got if you if you're not haven't got balance and you're squaring up and you're nicking things and your front foot's not working and your back foot's not working, you got to practice. And mm. and he put the energy in that a lot of the Australians aren't doing at the moment. I, I think they were limping to the end in that Test match. And, uh, you know, the bowler that knocked him over was limping as well, but uh, he, he was limping more successfully. Just before we get on to the Allen Border medal, which is on tonight, Ian Healy, your thoughts? It wouldn't have happened in your day, I'm pretty sure, where a middle-order batsman, when there is a vacancy, as in the case with Dave Warner, gets promoted to open the batting. Now, Steve Smith, and he's got a fair argument, says, I've... Many times batting at number four, I've come in early when a couple of poles have gone cheaply and I've faced the new ball. I gather it would have been common practice at all uh, in your time playing test cricket. Uh, no, not common. Um, who did we have? We had Slater and Taylor. and Matthew Hayden slot in when an opportunity came. But then it was Justin Langer who got promoted. Um, generally, our move was specialist openers, and then a youngster or the newbie goes in at six, and and you fight your way up the order. Once one of the wars go, or you know, there was Ricky Ponding doing that, um, Damien Martin doing that. Um, so, so that was a general process, but it's it's been done plenty of times. Shane Watson was one that made it all the way to opening. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't mind Smithy. I've seen. You know, even Alan Border, for example, uh, tighten up at the end of his career. 
you know, you'd be batting with him and he'd look to play a big cut shot to something short, fast and wide, and he, he'd let it go. And he'd come down and say, God, I used to smash that. So so they do tighten up and, and their stroke play becomes more limited, like Stephen War. And and so I think this is going to be good for Stephen Smith. Mm-hmm. He, it'll, it'll stretch him nicely uh, when he needs that challenge. Um, I don't see it as an experiment. Um, if if it doesn't work, he, he's finished. Simple as that. And, um, yeah, and I think he knows that. Okay, let's have a look at the Allen Border medal. Just for those people listening, the votes uh, weighted in the uh, race for the Allen Border medal with votes from test matches worth twice as much as the ODI fixtures and three times the T20 votes. And votes are cast after each game on a 3-2-1 system voted by teammates, match referees or umpires and members of the media. So that is the so-called voting panel. Mitch Marsh yes. has been uh, thrown up there. Pat Cummins, Travis Head. How do you read it? <laughs> it's very difficult to read, although I had a very good record at picking it uh, in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, because what you have to do is go back to see every scorecard and, and just think to yourself who the team would have would have given 3-2 and 1-2. Because you can't afford to say, right, well, Usman Khawaja, he's had the best summer by a mile, a thousand runs at 46. Um, but if he had a if he made 61 one knock, you have to find out who made 100 or who got five wickets in that game, and Usman might have got zero points for those runs. So, so uh, it, it's, that's the best way to do it. Um, oh, I think. It, it is a pretty convincing argument that Mitch Mitch is going to be right up there because he has had Test match success, which is weighted heavily, as I said. Travis Head, mm-hmm. uh, Usman consistently, Pat Cummins consistently, you know, and and all formats. That that'd be the four I can pencil in, I reckon. But uh, Mitch Marsh, oh, yeah, I don't know. I haven't gone through the scorecards, so. Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. And Pat Cummins, he, he had this good year, but he might have just got three for when someone made a hundred. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah. And, yeah. And I'm not sure. Oh, I'm happy to go with the, the tip is Mitch Marsh. Um, T20s, the World One Day Cup was all right. His Test match cup, you know, pinched three points a few times, didn't he? So, so yeah. And in the girls, in the Belinda Clark medal, probably Beth Mooney'd be close, or Ash Gardner, I reckon. Yeah, Ash Gardner, Elise Healy, or she's already a three-time winner. Never uh, Annette without a chance. So it'd be interesting tonight in the Belinda Clark medal. Watch the actual women last night take on South Africa down there in Hobart. Uh, they got over the line with three balls to spare in the T20. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what, uh, it's certainly evening up on the international scene mm. when it comes to women's cricket as well. Yeah, it's a good call. I think we've probably always played this number of games in cricket as our female team, the Southern Stars, they were. And I think the other nations are starting to play against us more and, and, and start to get around the world better. Marazan Cap's batting was great, wasn't it? 75 mm. there. And we, we were a bit scrappy. You know, she had us under real pressure towards the end of, of their batting innings to post 162. So uh, we had our hands full to get over the line. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the, the competition's evening out and we're, not, we're just off the boil a little bit, mainly with our containment. We're not containing batting sides as well as we once did. Yeah, and of course, uh, Beth Mooney now ranked number one in the world. Uh, she's been a star and we've seen her 
close at hand here, being part of the Perth Scorchers lineup, and Mary's Ann Cat yeah. also played a couple of seasons here for the Perth Scorchers as well. Ian Healy, thanks for your time. Always lovely to chat to you, mate, and uh, pass on my best to Paddy Welsh, and look forward to listening to SENQ's Brecky Show tomorrow morning. Uh, yeah, I will, Pete. No problems, mate. See you soon. See you, mate.